Hi, my name is Robert Marshall, and I'm a survivor of sexual trauma. If I did everything he told me to do, I may live. Grooming happened, violence happened, they wanted me in silence, and it was very narcissistic. It was always done behind closed doors with the windows uh, pulled down and the shades pulled, um, and that it was something that uh, had to be kept a secret. We see you. We hear you. I want you to know that there is hope. Yo, what's up, family? This is your boy, Robert Marshall. Listen, this, we are back. Yo, we are back. Tell your mama, tell your daddy, go get Pookie and them, go tell uncle. Yo, we are now entering season three of the I Am Man podcast. Yo, it has been a minute, but I am so excited that I am here with y'all again. I'm most, I'm more excited because we have an amazing guest that's here today. I've been watching him for some time. He's shaking. He's moving. He's doing amazing things. And I'm just, a, I'm just like, I'm shocked he said yes to even be on the show today. So it is a good opener to have him here. But before I uh, bring him on, yo, y'all see me rocking the Panama hat today. Listen, this is day one of the I Am Man podcast, season three. We, it's been a while, but... It would be remiss if we didn't take a moment to honor my mentor, uh, my spiritual mother. She's no longer here with us. Um, man, I get emotional just talking about her. Um, but I, I honor um, the life of my spiritual, late spiritual mother, Dr. Uh, Giselle Ray Lindley. She was an amazing woman. And I want to just share this clip with you about her really quick. All right. Y'all rocking with me. Let's go when you don't forgive and you're walking around with all this bitterness from you with, within you walking away from your past tra um, trauma you'll begin to bleed on people that never even cut you have anybody ever experienced that i said if you don't allow god to heal you you'll be you'll be walking around bleeding on people that never even cut you taking out on people that's trying to love you we have to know how to allow god to heal us and how to allow God to cause us to walk in forgiveness so that we can walk around healed and free. I want to say this, that sometimes we don't know how to receive that love, number one, because we don't feel like we deserve it. Amen. The love of God is something that I could not earn. Mm. This love is something that I tried to sabotage. And even on my worst day, love, like the woman of God said, still found me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The enemy comes to conceal your identity. That's what trauma does. Come to conceal your identity. Because if I can hide your identity, I can hide your authority. Oh, y'all, y'all should have got excited right there. If I can hide your identity, then I can hide your authority. And you'll be walking around living a lie all your life. Walking around living like a peasant all of your life. And never know that you are in the line of kingship. Somebody cross your legs like a real queen. Yo, I wanted to honor her. Listen, she was amazing. She was a mogul. And I honestly would not be doing this show without her. So I just wanted to take a moment and honor her. Pastor G, we love you. And so listen, um, 
there, she was dropping some nuggets. And so tonight, as we kick off the podcast, as we start uh, our, our new episode, our new season, listen, I don't even want to prolong. I want to bring this amazing man that's literally, he, I've known him to pastor. I've known him now. He's in movies. He's doing TV. He's doing all types of stuff. And I'm really excited about him uh, being here because beyond all of that, he's been very transparent about his journey to the top. A lot of times when you see people or uh, successful people, you often don't hear their story. You, you see them like pow and it's like, here you go. But we've seen him grow. We've seen him prosper. We've seen him uh, at lows. We've seen him at highs and we've seen him get back up again. And I think that that's somebody worth listening to. Listen, a great man once told me it's easy to do uh, 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 some amazing things over short periods of time, but it's even more amazing to do thing, amazing things over long periods of time. And listen, I'm excited. I'm going to bring him on no other than Adrian. Yo, what's up, Adrian Davis? What's up, man? You on here? I think you mute. Oh, did I mute you or did you mute you? Did I mute you? How did I mute you? But blood, we was all good. We were all good. I don't even, I didn't mute him because ain't no way. Let's see. Did I mute you, Adrian? Let's see. It's, it definitely says that. I, oh, there it is. Hold on. There we go. There we all go. Right. I did mute you. All my right. bad. What's up, man? Let me give you an it's introduction all, all over. Everybody, no, no. actor, pastor, doctor, lawyer, businessman, <laughs> mogul, philanthropist. Yo, let's give it up for Adrian Davis, y'all. Yo, let's give him a round of applause. What's up, man? You so sick. What's up, man? How you doing, brother? Man, I am good, man. Welcome to the Iron Man Podcast. Listen, you're the first guest. You're oh, the first man, listen, guest, I'm man. Honored. I am. Oh, man. I am honored, man. Listen, listen. You talk about the, you're honored that I that I agreed to do it, man. I'm honored that I was asked. Oh man, you're being, asked, you're being too kind. You're being too kind. You're being too kind, man. Listen, we are so excited that you are here with us today, man. Adrian, I I want I don't want to waste this opportunity uh, of you being yeah. here with us, man. Tell us what are you working on, man? What are you doing? I can't even keep up. <laughs> <laughs> What's man, up? I'm working on a few different things. Uh, I'm working on a few different things, man. Um, I, uh, I I moved to LA, and um, I moved to LA. Uh, I I took a break. I, you know, I, I I said for years, like I was like, I'm I'm never going back to pastoring uh, in a traditional sense. I took a I, so so I say it like this. Um, I, I'm a proponent to never saying never. I um, I took a break from pastoring in the in the traditional aspect in the traditional sense and uh, transition man to to LA to pursue other dreams other honestly you know when we say dreams we you know we think that a lot of times our dreams are man made uh, thoughts that manifest in our sleep and um because we believe that a lot of times like our dreams can 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 be altered by our desires or our ambition but really uh what i have is not necessarily a, a dream i believe it's a god-given assignment for me mm. um, a god-given assignment for me to be uh on the mountain of entertainment mm. and um uh, to be to be a light to entertainment and, and I, I think that it was something that i was called 
that I was called to do. Um, as much as I was called to pastor and much as I'm called to preach, I believe that I'm called to be in on the mountain of entertainment. So, man, I moved to L.A. Um, my first. Uh, so I, I did a short film. I produced a short film um, that now is in uh, we're in right now. We're in uh, the run for official nomination for an Oscar. Yo, um, let's go. So, yeah. Yeah, oh, they're going to be mad so about that one. Film. They gonna be mad about that one, man. Yeah, yeah, man. So we're so so we're so we're in the runs, we're in the run running for that. And then uh, my first movie that I acted in um, uh, dropped December twenty third of twenty twenty two. So that's out right now. We're still number one, the most viewed um, movie right now on Tubi. What? Um, so we're still number one. Yeah, called the Stepmother Two. Let's go. I play a detective. I play a detective, and uh, and so man, just uh, doing that, and then I got another movie dropping quarter number one that I'm in. Uh, I play an attorney in this uh, uh, another movie called Steel here. So man, yeah, we um, uh, you know uh, just working, man, just working, and I think that um, uh, what I think for a lot of us, bro, and if I'm honest on on this interview, that uh, a lot of people in church and a lot of people within the confinements of being called and being ordained by God, I think a lot of times we get so comfortable in operating within the confinements of church and being gifted in that particular area yeah. that God is calling us to do other things, but we are afraid to try because what is probably our greatest hindrance to doing something different is that we're afraid to be bad at something temporarily. Man, listen, first of all, what you just said is it's improper doctrine and theology um, and biblical hermeneutics. So we are taking your license and your ordination papers because that's exactly. not how it goes. Listen, that's exactly. not how it goes. Listen, you only can be one thing when you call to preach. The only thing you better tune up. Ah. Listen, and you can tune up really well, bro. Listen, what do you mean you're doing something else? You can't do that. What? You can't do you that. You can't do that. You can't do you can't that, man. Do that. You out here. Man, what if they that's ask not, you that's to... That's not supposed to happen. Listen, what if they ask you to take your shirt off? What you going to do? What, what, what you going to do? <laughs> listen, listen. I'm taking hey, it all hey, my middies and everything hanging out that day. Listen, we're going to go collect the, the wealth of the... Listen, somebody going to make a whole thing out of that. Listen, the wealth of the wicked. Listen, I'm honoring Pastor G tonight. And she would say, yo, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. When is the transfer happening? The transfer can't happen because you're telling church all the time. Listen, how do... All the time. I ain't, it ain't no way. Listen, listen, yeah, I, you got to do the midi dance for me one more time. You in shape. I can't... I can't... You go here. Ah! Listen, it happened here first. Listen, it happened here first. Listen, yo, that's crazy because... Yo, purpose, destiny, we think it's aligned with scripture. And we think it's like this one dimensional thing. And it's crazy that you say media um, because that's one of the most kind of like outlandish out there spaces to be in. But man, I'm, I'm yeah, excited man. and I'm celebrating you. And, you know, I think sometimes uh, people uh, will allow fear to hinder them from moving forward because, like you said, they are afraid. They're afraid, but I don't think sometimes people are afraid to fail, man. I think people are just afraid of disappointing God. I, I, I really do because, mm. like, yo, I know, you know, I grew up old school holiness, bro. 
the fact that I am on here with 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 piercings and and tattoos and whatever. Listen, oh, listen. man, listen. what you going you? You should have been inhaled. Listen, now. listen. I would have never made it. I don't even know. I'm still, you know, I pass a church now, and I'm still waiting for them to somebody to say, "Hey, it's a joke." But listen, it, it's it's we out here. Like, we out here. But it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. But man, Adrian, so you're doing that, bro. So I'm curious to know what has the journey looked like. You know, the work that I do, I help men. I walk with men um, throughout some of the most difficult seasons in their life. Um, specifically, you yeah. know, adverse childhood, traumatic life experience, especially sexual traumatic experiences, man. I'm curious to know, man, what has been your journey, man? It has been, um, my journey has been for lack of, uh, better terms has been not for the faint at heart. Uh, this, this journey, um, and you know, I'm, I'm so glad that you speak to that space of men dealing with you know, sexual abuse and things of that nature. I think it's something that's oftentimes swept up under the rug because we're just expected to be uh, fighters and expected to be strong and expected to push through and expected to work through uh, so many different things. It's almost like uh, if we express our emotions or heartbreak or disappointment, it's like um, we show up as weak. And so, um, you are a survivor in so many aspects and so am I in, in, in that aspect and I'll say you know I was I was uh, raped um, by a woman at 13 I was molested by a man at 13 and so um, navigating that um, a lot of times people don't uh, a lot of times people don't uh, begin to begin to pull, peel back the layers of why they operate the way that they operate and so, um, you know, for me, being, being, um, being so locked into trying to prove my manhood, yeah. you know, um, you know, and so a lot of things caught me into a space of, uh, where I accepted, um, advancements from women, where I was sleeping with a lot of women. It was just like, yo, because I'm trying to prove to myself what in me gave off this vibe that a man could be okay touching me, you know, um, you know, and so trying to prove to myself that, Hey, I'm not that way. And Hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not homosexual. And, you know, just trying to prove to myself and man, that journey of, of identity. That's why I love the clip that you played before, man, uh, before we got started, uh, because it really spoke to a lot of things that I've navigated through and just coming into my own and being, unapologetically me, you yeah. know, and standing in that and um, uh, uh, being okay with that and being strong in that, man. Because I think the, our greatest strength is us telling our own story and our own narrative. And so, man, this journey um, for, through manhood, not even through ministry, because a lot of times we overemphasize ministry and call of God and things of that nature. I just through manhood, man. It's been, it's been a... Um, a very challenging space and been a very uh, 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 heartbreaking space. And it's not even with through ministry and, you know, stepping away from ministry and stepping into this. And, but all of that is a development of manhood, man. And I've just come to a point in my life where, you know, hey, I'm going to tell my story because um, all the good, bad, ugly, and indifferent is still a part of my story, you know. 
And so it's been challenging. Yeah, I hear that. Listen, so I wrote a book called uh, What Every Man Needs to Know. I co-authored it with some amazing guys, about 30 years of just experience, a life experience. And you said something that was so monumental that um, I talk about and that a lot of men struggle with is defining what it means to be a man. And for those who are wondering what Adrian's doing, listen, let me tell you, this brother is so committed. He is actually in the middle of moving on a Wi-Fi hotspot. And he was so committed to being on the show tonight. He didn't cancel. I was ready for him to cancel. I was ready. No, man. I was ready. Look, but, look, 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 and I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you, like, and, and that's why, like, I wanted to apologize to people. Like, if y'all hear noise or y'all hear boxes moving and stuff like that, the movers are literally moving into my space right now. <laughs> so, listen. so uh, but no, man, I, I'm, I, listen, they, they said they couldn't do the Wi-Fi today. I was like, oh, no, nah, we, we got to make this work. I went to AT&T. I said, I need y'all to, I'm about to buy a hotspot. Right now, <laughs> <laughs> listen. I, I I'm appreciative, man. You said something that was so uh, powerful um, that most men we struggle with. Um, we struggle with understanding who we are as men, right? As men, and I think yeah. to be honest, even more now than ever, yo, there is not a clear definition depending about who you're around, what you're doing, who you're with. That definition changes and it slides. So, man, my working definition of what it means to be a man is being someone who is committed to the journey of becoming. They're committed yeah. to the journey of becoming. Um, and I, as, as I've used that as a definition, it means for me that I'm not perfect. My life can constantly be in transition. Life and stuff shifts. But my manhood is not based upon what I have, where I am who I'm with, my body type, my muscles, the lack of muscles, my middies, you know, my, my, my pecs, whatever I got at that season in my life. Listen, my masculinity, my manhood is determined by whose I am, not who I, not who I am in that moment and being committed to the journey to becoming who I was created to be. So that's my Man. work. That's my working definition. Do I, I, I love that definition. And I'm going to tell you, man, you know, this is something that I'm working through now with. I've been working through for the past probably, man, probably about four years of uh, working through that I'm not a man based upon what I have. Like, because, man, like, you know, our culture tells us the exact opposite, you know. Our culture tells us that how we were raised, you know, may tell us tell us that um, because I've struggled with finding who I am as a man outside of my ability to provide. Mm. And um, and it's also hindered me in moving forward in other aspects of my life. You know, so when it comes down time to, you know, for the possibility of marriage, I'm like, well, no, I, hey, I ain't got it all together. I ain't you know, I, I'm not making what I want to make. I'm not doing because what, what we're remotely saying is. I'm seeing my I'm seeing my worth in my wealth, mm. and for me, that's what I've always like. You know, people are like, oh, AD got this, he got this, he got nice stuff here. But a lot of that was man, me working through, me feeling like, yo, like I'm 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 worthy based upon how much I have. Yeah, and we see that you know we see that con you know that um, that this contest of it of in um in um what is it first corinthians 13 where you know when paul is saying 
you know, like, listen, man, like, you know, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I thought I was a child, but when I became a man, I put away. So he was saying that, you know, his definition of manhood is not about what you acquire, but our definition of culture tells us that we're men based upon what we acquire. If we get the house, if we get the, if we get the money, if we get things or whatever the case is, we become a man based upon what we get. But then what Paul was saying was like, no, you become a man by what you have the wisdom to put away, what you have the wisdom to stop, what you have the wisdom to stop doing and stop operating as. It's not about what you have. And so, man, I'm so glad you said that. But, man, it's something I'm consistently working towards, man. Like, I'm, I don't have it all. I, you know, I, you know I, I, I haven't perfected that aspect of it. Listen. But, I'm I, some, but that's something I am working on, man. I hear that, man. So the journey we talking about, uh, and I'm going to take that a step farther, because in the book of What Every Man Needs to Know, I talk about uh, not only a man defines himself by typical men or unhealthy men uh, have defined themselves by what they have, um, but what they do. Right. Also mm-hmm. what they do. And so what it does is, you know, and I can prove it when you meet a guy for the first time, a brother for the first time, the first thing we do, we ask him, hey, what's up? What's your name? What do you do? Where are you from? Yeah. Why is that? Because and this is my philosophy. Listen, I know I'm a pastor now on this season. So there's certain stuff that I just can't say the way I want to say, but I must say it because this is my podcast. Listen, when, whenever we define ourselves is what I call it is. Whenever we define ourselves by what we do and what we have, yo, we wind up, number one, shortchanging ourselves for who we were really called to be. That's number one. But two, man, also we play the comparison game because when we, 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 and we wind up, and I say it like this, it's like us men, we are grown, we are adults, but we treat life like a locker room in middle school where we're in a constant penis, like uh, comparison contest you know where or we live in a world where we're yeah. constantly trying to compare ourselves to everybody no matter who we meet sure. what they have listen you could have been good and content you turn on instagram somebody got something boom you automatically depressed or you know or, or even with our body types body shaming right we think women do that too but not nah, like i wish i was five Ten five, give me five seven, yo, give me five, just give me five seven, Jesus, like dog, I'm five five, man, I'm five five, man, I just, I just, I just need, I just need, I just need five seven, man. But listen, I had to learn to love who I am as I am, yeah. and understanding yeah. that is enough. Adrian Davis, yeah. you are enough. Without the yeah, car, man. without the Emmy. Without the awards, without the accolades, yo, what does it when you hear that? What the, what, what what does that ring in your heart, your spirit, your mind? Like, man, you know, it, it it's it's a place of affirmation of 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 the growth journey that I've been on. You know what I'm saying? And it's and it's affirming to you know to and I think that I think we need to be at a place to where we say say this to to men often yeah. you know and it not be and it not be you know funny or be you know be be weird if we tell another man hey bro you enough man you know that 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 within itself is affirming that because i think a lot of times man we are especially for men we're chasing ghosts mm. and what i mean by that is that we're chasing 
you know, we're chasing affirmation from fathers that wasn't that weren't present. We're chasing affirmation from past relationships that you know went awry, or you know, we're trying to fight those word curses that were said to us, and so forth and so on. And so we're doing a lot of times. Our even our ambition can become very jaded or very polluted because our ambition is drenched in trying to perform and being at a place of how well can I do this so other people will accept me and love me and wrap their arms around me and, and tell me I'm doing a good job. You know, um, I have quite a few guys that I talk to and that I mentor, but one of the things is, and one of the common denominators is for a lot of guys is that <laughs> like they're literally saying, yo, I want to achieve this and I want to achieve this and I want to achieve this. And if you ask them, hey, man, why you want to why you want to achieve that? Why you want that award? Why you want this? Why you want this accolade? And a lot of them are saying, because I am looking forward to somebody telling me I did a good job. I'm looking forward to somebody telling me, man, you know what? Dude, that was amazing because a lot of us did not get that as, as young boys growing up. And so now as adult men, we're performing for the level of affirmation and for people to accept us and to feel welcomed and to feel loved. And like you said, to feel like we are enough. And so, man, I think we need to make that a consistent uh, approach to conversation uh, almost like as an ending salutation, man. Like, hey, bro, all right, man, it's good to talk to you, good to talk to you too. Man. Hey, man, you enough. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, man, you, dude, you, I say this all the time, and and especially in urban communities, yo, we are praised. Like, I, I say this all the time in one of the book Echoes I wrote. I, I talk about that when a man um, is, doesn't know who he is, Right. He defines himself by what he has, what he does. But at the same time, Adrian, we 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 find our worth in performance. And the only mm -hmm. thing that we are allowed to do is to perform. And we find and we become we become like dancing monkeys. And I hate to say it like that. I think I can say it. Yeah. I'm a black man, so I can say it. Listen, we, we can, find ourselves dancing and performing, but we we wind up performing. Uh, you know, in basketball, in football, in soccer, but also in the bedroom, like you are constantly um, trying to please. And let me, you know, I know this is the I Am Man podcast, but let me help some of the ladies in here. Listen, a man will have sex with you, not just he will have sex with you um, and not be intimate with you because he is more sometimes he there is such a hole in his soul and a need for affirmation. He will give you the best sex you ever had just to hear you say you were the best. That was the best. Yep. Yep. And he still not be connected to you. Listen, he's not connected to you. And let me tell you why. And let me, and let me, you know, and I, I had to say that for the women, but let me switch it back for the brothers. Sometimes men can have a hard time, and especially men who have gone through traumatic life experiences, sometimes have a hard time um, saying, um, uh, committing and being intimate because sometimes intimacy hurts. And most of the times mm -hmm. they have been discipled in dysfunction. And so all they know 
is performing. All they know, they're looking for someone. They're looking for that mother to love them unconditionally. They're looking for that woman or that person, that individual to say that they're, they're everything and that they can lean and that they can depend on. And oftentimes that, that the their mates, their uh, significant others are the people who wind up getting the shortest sticks. So listen, my sis, he didn't marry you. He, 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 he can, he can make you holler and make you, you know, make your twirls twirl, but he can't commit because intimacy hurts, man. Adrian, man, you, you, intimacy, intimacy requires a thing, man, that we as men are, are, we run from and it's called vulnerabilities. Mm. And especially if we have been vulnerable in, in other places and that vulnerability be used against us as a weapon. So at times, I, you know, I, 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 I tell people this, man, like for, for men, we're naturally physically stronger than women. We're just naturally physically stronger than women. We, 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 God created us broader shoulders. Our muscle mass is different. Our, our our ability to to physically be stronger than women we we're just we're just created that way but women's mouths are stronger than any anything that we can even imagine we can lift we can lift 400 pounds but she can say that one word that'll make uh, that man that can lift 400 pounds crumble up under up under the, the words that she chose to say because her words are that much stronger. And this is the reason why uh, a woman can tear a man down and a man cannot rebound from certain things that were said. Um, and then she'd be like, well, you know, hey, you strong, you know, you, you got it, you know, da 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 But you can say the right thing and it'll tear that man all the way to smell the rings because their words are just wired to mean so much more. Adrian, so have you ever been torn down? Oh man, yes. Oh, you oh, know yeah. this is exclusive. Let's go. Let's go here. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. What's Let's up? Go. Let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah, Let's. Let... I, I d definitely, man. Um, I've been torn down privately. I've been torn down publicly. Um, and how I like, man. I, I was in a relationship <clears throat> years ago. And every time she would get mad about something, she literally would throw back up into my face things that I told her in intimate moments. And when I say that, I want us to be very careful. Intimate moments does not mean sex. Intimate moments means, the word intimacy literally means to, in the Greek literally means to share the same heart as. So when I am sharing my heart, then that's a level of intimacy. And I would be intimate in sharing my fears, sharing my hurts, sharing my, my, even my levels of dysfunction. And literally when she would get mad, she would throw up those moments of things that I said in moments of intimacy. And um, what it did with me, it started to, uh, it started to make me feel that there is something wrong with being intimate, but through maturity, you begin to learn that it's nothing wrong with being intimate. The, the, it's, it's very, it's, it is something very wrong when you're being intimate with the wrong person though. Mm. Well, and I hear so, that. so we have to be very, we have to be very mindful about who we choose to allow 
our intimacy and our moments of intimacy to be partnered with. So yeah, man, I've definitely been torn down to smithereens, bro. Like I'm talking about mm. to the point of to the point of suicidal thoughts, to the point of depression, to the point of feeling like I never rebound from this. You know, um, you know who's going to who's going to love me beyond what's been said about me. Who's going to really try to even get to know me beyond what's being heard? Because now in our culture, it doesn't need it. It doesn't need to have any facts. It doesn't need to have any proof. It just needs to be said, mm. and it changes people's perceptions of us. So, so if it's said, then people begin to look at you differently just because it's said. It's like it's like so so crazy. Our culture is just like that, and so. So yeah, man, been beat down numbers of times, numbers, numbers, bro, and in count in counseling for a lot of a lot of because because when you're beat down as a man, your first reaction is to respond the way that you desire to respond, and the sad part about our culture is that the only emotion that's really accepted from men is anger. Yeah, yeah, bro. If I if I cry, if I cry, I'm weak. I'm less than. If I, if I, you know, communicate what I feel and if I say what I feel, oh, you, that's weak too. Cause you, you know, if we in touch or we in connection with our emotions and we can communicate what we feel, that's weak too. And then guess what? The emotion that, that the world and culture and society accepts, especially from black men is anger. Cause that's the emotion that gets respect. It's so I, I always teach it two ways. It's anger actually. And, um, mm-hmm. and, sexual hormones and i talk about it a lot because oh, when yeah. whenever it's it's where it's either one of the two or sometimes both and the yeah. reason why i say that is because both of those things ultimately can be to the detriment of that man mm-hmm. both can be used I, I, as weapons both can I, be used i wholeheartedly agree oh uh, yeah man it's anything i promise i say out my mouth i got the research to prove it <laughs> You ain't talking to no dummy. Listen, yo, yeah. it's it's the truth because and and I talk about the uh, the 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 over like in history, regardless if you're a brown or black, anger was used to fuel and build the economy of America. Like yo, angry people, angry black and brown people built America. They knew the people knew how to use. That anger, that fear, that resentment, and they use it to make them build. But also, they use them sexually. Like, there was a, most people don't talk about, and I talk about this because sexual trauma is my thing, but we don't ever talk about the exploitation, the sexual exploitation of men of color, not just in America, but also around the world. Yep. Around the world. Man, like, dude, I I wholeheartedly agree with you, man, because I've watched it. I've watched it play out in my own life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like I literally was talking to um, to talking to one of my mentees today. You know, he's older than me, but we were talking today, and I, I was just telling him like, it's so crazy that the that I was molested by I was molested by a man at 13. That is the closest to any homosexual act or whatever the case is. That's just homosexuality has just not been my struggle. Now, I'm no better than anybody else 
because that has not been my struggle, right? Whoremonging has been my struggle, right? He said whoremonging. You say monging. Whoremonging. Message translation. I was a hoe. I was a hoe. (laughs) So, so, so the thing is, I'm no better than anybody else. But one of the things that bothered me is that when a woman is saying, hey, I want to have sex with you. Hey, I want to have sex with you. Or, and you're like, no, nah, I ain't on that right now. I ain't on that right now. It's so crazy that my sexuality was in question because I did not. Then if I did, and I still didn't give you everything that you wanted from a level of intimacy, now I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a hoe. So either I do, and then I st- and then I don't give you everything that you want that you thought was going to change my mind after you gave me sex, then I become a hoe. Or if I say, no, I'm not, and I practice some discipline, and I say, no, I'm not doing that, then now my sexuality is in question. So now you force me to be like, okay, well, I have sex with you, but then if I don't give you everything else that comes along with that, then I'm still going to be looked at in the negative light. So it kind of tells me that that it takes away the man's right to choose. Well, so, so what, 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 we become what a prisoner. <laughs> so we become a prisoner. We become a prisoner to, to, to whatever your mate wants in that moment, because we're in a culture now where nobody cares about, about, the the rebuttal like here's what i realized is that a lot of times men we're not the first to speak up about certain things not at all we're not the first to yeah because because that's just not how we're, we're not even wired to communicate our communication has been off for whatever like <laughs> so we're not in our culture it our culture automatically says that whoever i heard it from first is the victim not understanding mm. that majority of people that are manipulators they want to get out they want to get out they want to get out the story first to give you a perspective so that by the time you hear something else you have already you have already you know decided what you were going to decide by the time you heard it so our culture tells us that yo like the first person to speak it is 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 is, is the victim and that's not all the way that's not always true Mm. And so I think that, and so then it triggers a man if the man does not talk, or if the man is not like that, or whatever the case is. Then by the time the man speaks out, he's speaking out of a place of anger, and then it's like we love to see an angry black man. We love to see a black man act a fool on social media. We love to see a black man cry and be, be in memes and so forth and so on. We love to see that because we will we will kill him for doing all of that. But then also at the same time, we talk about how black men don't open up and they're not emotionally available. But no, every time we do open up and every time we do communicate and every time we do share, then it's made a mockery of. Mm. So as a culture, we can't decide what we want from the black man. And then as black men, we don't know. We like, well, what do I do? (laughs) Like, 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 what do I do in this joint? I don't know. What, like, like, I'm in a lose-lose. Mm. 
man. So it just I, becomes one of those things, bro. Man, I have a question, and you, you can you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to. But man, um, so it's not oblivious. You know, you've had a lot of media coverage over the years about a lot of different things, right? Yeah, and for sure. You you're still here. You're still alive. You're still doing. Um, some stuff that you've looked, that you've gone through, I'm like, yo, I, you know, I'm like, yo, some people have killed themselves over, right? Because of the level of mm-hmm. scandal, right? But, um, mm-hmm. man, what's the worst thing that's ever been said about you? Man, um, probably one, well, man, I don't, probably the worst was that to it's probably two things one that i would steal from people Mm. like 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 (laughs) to to me um that was probably one of the worst things man that like like that within itself like when people saying like oh yeah like he swindled people out of money or he stole money like like to me that that like because because when I was when I was pastoring, people labeled me as the most generous pastor that they've ever encountered. Like like every Sunday, my offering we would give to people that didn't have so they can eat that day or buy groceries. Like like they did a whole news article on me calling me the pastor of generosity, and I gave away five cars at Christmas and. You know, like, like, and 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 really, man, it just goes to show. And it was like some of the same people that were at my church that would stand in line to get money, that would, you know, were the same ones on social media bashing. You know, it. You know, like that. That was like one of those things. Was like, wow, like, no proof. No, nobody saying, oh yeah, he owes me. He took money from me. Like. Nobody's saying that. It just needs to be said that we don't know how he, and and really what it shows me is that the favor of God is not enough for a lot of people. Mm. So, so the favor of God can rest on you and it can, we only stand, we only understand the favor of God when it comes to people that we like or when it comes to ourselves. So when, so, so when God blesses us or people that we cool with, then we like, Oh, that's the favor of God. You know, favor the Lord just but when it comes to other people we don't know how to comprehend that like yeah what did they I got do a couple to, of them I got a couple of them you know like what did they do to get that they had to have been doing something wrong to get that and really what you're saying is it hasn't happened for you so therefore you don't understand it yeah so so that that probably was um man that that tore me down. I, you know, like the, the, you know, I've heard, you know, oh, well, you know, he must be like, I, I don't, I, I don't get it. Cause you know, on, on, on one, on one hand, I'm the biggest hoe in America. Then on the other hand, they saying, oh, well, he must be gay. I, I don't, I don't get, I don't get how, you know, obviously I just have no, I have, I, I just do whatever <laughs> at that point. Like, and some stuff is just comical to me because people can just say whatever, like say whatever. 
And then it's all a honestly what I believe in. And and one of the things that TD Jakes told me, he says, when you realize that it's, he said, when people realize it's not a big deal to you, it won't be a big deal to them. And he says that if you stop and try to address every lie, then you're never going to make it to your destination. He says, you just have to just allow people to build whatever narrative they want to build. And he said, I know that hurts, but also at the same time, you, you have to allow people to be people. And um, so that, so that hurt. And then when people, you know, call me selfish or whatever the case is, I mean, I got some selfish ways, but. Uh, Say that again, brother. He said, I got some selfish ways. Oh, I got some, oh, I got some. So I, I, th- I think, I think that's just natural. Like we got, I, I got selfish ways for sure. Like I'm, you know, when it comes to certain things, yeah, we could say that, but you know, I was just um, taken back, bro. Like, um, you know, like this last wave of stuff, um, man, like really put me in a real dark spot, you know, mm-hmm. really put me in it. And then, and then I had some people because what I, I dude, I, I've been pastoring have been pastoring since 2011 and I literally put out videos. It's more, it's bukus and bukus and bukus of videos of me preaching, of me teaching and so forth and so on. And it's so crazy that I pastored for 10 years. I pastored for 10 years, no scandal, pastored for 10 years, no public scrutiny, no, no, none of that. And then put up videos and put up videos and put up videos. And now when you search my name, it's not the giving of the way. It's not the giving away of cars. It's not the the over the over two thousand people that I baptized in those ten years. It's now the negative narrative that pops up, and I'm like, I spent years, you know, like building credibility with my name, and it can be taken out by one malicious act. And it's so crazy because, you know, I'm not here to you know, talk about nobody or whatever the case is, but it's so crazy that one of the people that, you know, attacked me, did the video, blah, 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 literally before that, when we were friends, literally was saying like, I searched your name. I can't find nothing bad on you. Mm. Like nothing. Oh, everybody love, everybody love past AD. Everybody love. And it was like, yeah, ain't nothing bad, but let me create it. Mm, yeah and it was like wow and but what i realized um the so i I think that was probably like probably the most hurtful thing but even in that even in that being said that that didn't hurt what hurt was the people that i had done life with for years entertain it that that was the thing everything else everything else like man like hearing stuff whatever but when people that i had done life with when people that like literally like that i call big bro looked at like you know uncle and you know stop answering the phone for me like literally, bro, like I was, I had just started back, you know, like walking back into preaching and, and did a, did a video of me find like going back to church and, you know, being on the stage. It was like the week before 
and literally it was like I had made up my mind like, okay, I'm getting back in the ministry. I'm getting back in, I'm getting back in the ministry. I had made up my mind. I was like, I, man, I'm getting back in the ministry. And then boom, this happened. It was like, no, I'm not. I'm not. What happened? I ain't doing that. Um, it was just like when all of the scandal hit, right? Mm. It was like, it was like when I told people I was coming back in the ministry, dude, I had, I'm going to tell you, I had literally six bookings come immediately. Man, I've been waiting on you to start back preaching. I, I had, I, I literally had um, bookings. I had hotel locked in, flights locked in, everything. When the stuff came out, everybody counseled me. That right there, I said, oh, wow, this is false community. You know, because everybody, everybody's, you know, we community, we love each other. We, and I was like, man, wow. So we, we can't even get a phone call to say like, hey, man, what's going on? Man. Hey, man, are you okay? Hey, are you okay? Man, I know you. I know, you know, I, and it was, you know, it was one. Pastor LeBron friend was like, man, dude, I've, I've known you for 20 years. I know your character. I know who you are. It's some things that if somebody said, I'd be like, mm, okay, maybe. But he was like, it's some stuff. I ain't never got to entertain. And that, because during those moments of war, you want people that are sure about you. Yeah. I only want people around me that are sure about me. Yeah. I, man, you, you've gone through some journey. And thank you for sharing some of that stuff with us, man. And because you didn't have to. And, uh, yeah. man, I think, number one, you, you could, regardless of what has happened and what the narrative has been, as long as you still have breath in your body, right? Mm -hmm. there's, it's still, there's still time. And it, here's the thing. It's not time to prove people wrong. It's time to live. And oftentimes, sometimes what I've understood is that sometimes God will allow you, your life to shatter and allow the broken pieces of your life to be shattered all over the place to destroy the image that you created and everybody else created in order for him to pick up the broken pieces of your life to make something beautiful out of it where he only gets yes, the glory sir. out of it. I just preached yeah. there. I'm going to put my cash up right there. Yes, uh, sir. <laughs> I'm going to put my cash up right there. Listen, Not man, for real. because so here's the thing, man, because, you know, I've gone through my own stuff and I and I've been I got my own sh fair share of stories. Um, and this is what I've kind of my resolve, right? My resolve is, number one, people are people and people are going to be people. People are going to people. You can depend on that. Number two, you can depend on you're going to depend on it. You can you can depend on people going people. Uh, another thing is that I've learned is that when people are not in the room with you, they will make up a narrative about you so that they could feel like they have credibility or that they know you. The truth is about me, there are some things that have been said that are true, right? There are some things yeah. that I've trusted in some say, man, I never forget 
man, I've been in ministry now for 20, what, 25, 26 years. My, and I remember one season of my life, I was really transparent with one of, uh, with a leader actually. And whenever, you know, that didn't, I, all of a sudden I'm waking up to text messages and emails that my name, I've been blackballed. My, my, my stuff has been like spread all over the place and I get it. And all you want to do is curl up and die. And here's the yep. other part. People clap at your death. People see you dying and they clap. They applaud. Oh, they, 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 they'll they be ecstatic. They'll be ecstatic. I knew, right? And, and the truth is oftentimes because people either want to be you or people um, um, cannot believe in, they cannot believe who you are or whatnot. And it, and it plays to, and it gives, and it justifies, let me say this is, it justifies their humanity and their own issues, their own faults, right? And the truth mm-hmm. is, Many of us, and I'm sure any, now there's some Negroes out here that's just plain out arrogant, but they're the majority of people out here. Listen, we ain't want to do this. <laughs> we, like most of us did not want, sign up to say, okay, I want to preach. I want to pastor. There's some, but um, ultimately sometimes it's a wrestle. And what happens is we, what people don't understand is that in the midst of pursuing the call of God on our lives, that we are still human. Right. And there's another side to us that we are still wrestling with, that we're still trying to figure out. We have our own traumas, our own flaws, our own issues, and it does not disqualify us from being used by God. What it does mean, it makes us human, which makes us more qualified to be used by God. And so I want to say this for all the people in the back that think you got to be perfect, that you got to have your life together, that you got to be all things to like you. You just you just you just gloried out Halamashanda all the time. Listen, there's a there's a there's a phrase that we say in church all the time. God does not call qualified people, but he qualifies those who he calls. And you might just catch me in the middle of God still working with me, qualifying me in the process. But that does not disqualify me. And I want to say to all the ninjas out there, get up off of Adrian Davis. All right. I said (laughs) get up off of Adrian Davis. I said it first. Listen, I publicly say that, man, not because you're perfect, but man, what? What helps me measure uh, the worth and the value of a man is his heart, is, yeah. is, is his heart. And you can always tell a man, regardless of what he does wrong, right? Because if we look like, listen, we, most, many of us, we love this Bible, right? We love this Bible. We love yeah. this Bible. And we like, right? We love this Bible. But we don't really contextualize it. Yo, everyone that God used was broken at one point or another in their life. And we love to look at and preach over that and apply it to our own life to justify our humanity. But when it's time for somebody who's leading, who's trying to lead as well as uh, find and figure out who they are, listen, they're human too. So I want to say to all the people like, yo, give your leaders grace, not just your pastors, your bosses, your, your every. Give people, I often say, you got to give people the grace that you want if you were in the hot seat. Yeah, man. You, you got to give them grace, man. And I, I want to say this because we've been down here for an hour, man. And Agent, I could talk to you for forever because I'm just a, such a huge fan. But Adrian, man, you are doing movies, right? You are you are out here doing television. And I think, man, I heard, you know, I'm a uh, E.T., I rock with E.T. sometimes and he says these things. He said, uh, 
the greatest thing that you could do to your enemy or the worst thing you can do to them is for them to succeed, for them to see you succeed, for them to see you win. Isn't it funny in this church world? Because listen, it's only really this big. The church world, right? (laughs) People are clowning you and dogging you. You don't say anything. You know, sometimes I saw you pop off a little bit sometimes. You know, there was that one instance that you popped off. But listen, Uh we're human. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes you got to just, you know, sometimes you got, you know, you just got to show. No, just sometimes you just want to say, you know, like, because I tell people, man, like. What you want to say? Like. What you want to say? Sometimes, man, you just, you want to, you because in order for somebody to act out of character, something had to push them to act out of character. And I think a lot of times we're so, we, we demonize the fact that they acted out of character, but we do not look at the fact of what made them act out of character. When we look at somebody and somebody does something, we go like, man, that ain't like them. That ain't like who I've been following for years. Then we don't, we, we don't think about what drove that person to do something that they've never done. They've been on social media for years. I've been following them for years. They've been a part of this for years. What made them do something out of character? You know, and so I don't think we, I don't think we, a lot of times people don't even consider that aspect. And so, man, for me, I'm looking at it like, you know, whenever somebody operates out of something that they have not done before, whenever they feel the need to, to do something that they have not done before. Something has drove them to a point where they feel like this is something that I need to do. And a lot of times it ain't about the other person. It's about them. Mm-hmm. It's about them. And so, um, because man, like for a while, man, I'm just, I was like, I'm just tired of, I'm just tired of the consistent attack, you know? And so at some point you feel like, yo, like I got to speak up for me because ain't nobody else speaking up for me. Mm. Adrian, you know? what does that feel like? And, what does that feel Man, like? Man, come on, dude. If it, it feels like it, it feels like you're at a place of extreme loneliness and abandonment. You feel like you feel like all right. There is nothing that can be done. There's nothing that can be said. And you, you especially especially when you've advocated for people. <laughs> and that part. And, and 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 you're like, dang. So. When you was going through, I knew you. I spoke up for you. I had your back. Yeah. Listen, he had my back. He had yeah. And now he's gone. But I, I think the thought that he was going he was going to finish with is like, yo, it's one thing, it's one of the issues of being in the forefront sometimes is that when you def oh, he back, he back, he back, he back, he back. Listen, you came back, Adrian, you came back, but we still can't see you, bro. I don't know if you can hear me. Listen, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where you at, Adrian, but let me know when you, let me know when you get here. Listen, what he was, what he was saying is that oftentimes that when you give and when you defend other people, but then those same people don't defend you, they don't show up for you. Yo, it hurts. It hurts. And more than anybody, I'm like Jesus and like Jesus is the ultimate like definition or epitome of this vision is that when he showed up for and he healed the sick, 
he he fed people. And at one time, one day they're yelling, yo, Hosanna, like Hosanna, Hosanna. And then the next day they're yelling, crucify him. Listen, it's, it's, it's the truth. It's the reality. And that's why I said people will people. But as a person, what you can do, you can decide to show up and become the best version of yourself and also extend grace to other people extend mercy to other people, extend kindness to other people. Listen, and all my brothers out there, listen, we like we, you, like we are, you are going to not be perfect. You are, you are not going to be perfect. Listen, I held it down doc until you got back. Listen, we, yes, sir. You're, had you're, to not, come back. you're not going to be perfect. And I was telling them, man, I was telling the people that it hurts when you are there for people, when you extend grace to people, when you extend mercy to people, and when you know people are dead wrong, but then you still put your name out to cover them. And when it's time for you, people just letting you out here just walk naked, right? Booty naked. You just man, walk. You just, you just and, 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 the, and here's the thing too, bro. You stick your neck out for people you knew that was wrong, and then you can be right. <laughs> you will be right and they still will be and they still won't say nothing yeah man and, you know I, I i i'm just at a point man where you know you know like i said earlier man like you know like when you're in war man you want people that are sure about you and for me man i you know i'm just you know my one of my one of my mentors told me this he says you know like AD, you're a good person with a great heart. And he said, you just got to stop trying to prove it to people. Like you're trying to prove everybody, like trying to trying to prove to everybody, well, hey, I'm not what you heard. I'm not what you heard. Or He was like, and if they heard whatever, like, so what? He was like, you know, it just is what it is. You just got to live in the fact of who you are and who we know you to be. And, you know, stop trying to get people to see that side. It just is what it is. Man, I want to add this to you, to what you said. You And it's a, it's a powerful phrase. You said when you are in war, you have to be sure. You When you said uh, when, you are, when you're in war, you have to have people around you who are sure of who you are. Right. Essentially. Yeah. But what I what I, I want to take this a step farther. When you are in war more than other people knowing or being sure about you, when you're in war, you want to be sure about you. Yes, sir. Yeah. You want to be sure. L listen, I want y'all to put that on Facebook, put it on Twitter right now. When you are in war, when you are going yep. against obstacles, you have to be sure because of who you are. Because, listen, the world... I was just telling them, I was wrapping it up, bro. I was talking, I, didn't, I went to Jesus and taking them to the cross already. Listen, Jesus is the yes, ultimate, ultimate vision of that, right? Where they're yelling Hosanna and then they're yelling crucify him at the same time because people will people. Yes, sir. People are always going to people. But listen, yes, you have to understand and understand the mission, understand your purpose, understand why you're here, understand who you are. And listen, one of my, my mentor, uh, Dion, Will, Dion Campbell, taught me at one of the most broken spaces at my life that listen i cannot define myself by existential realities or people who are outside of me 
my worth and my definition of who I am has to come from an inner place. It has, you have to be so sure of who you are, regardless of what you may have done, may have not done. What no matter what people are saying or not saying, no matter how many times you've been looked over, you may be the best at it and they still walk over you because you've been blackballed. Listen, whatever you have to be sure of who you are. And that comes from within that comes yes, from within. And man, Adrian, man, I, I love I love what I'm hearing, man. I, I'm loving your journey, man. How can people find you? How can we connect with you? What can we expect from Adrian Davis in the in the future? Yeah, man. Well, like, how I want to know the good stuff. Sure. I want the exclusive stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff you ain't put out yet. Yeah, you know, I, I I'll let you in a little bit. Y'all come let on, you in a little come bit. on, lean but, in. Um... <laughs> it's only you but and me yeah, here. That's uh... it. <laughs> but uh, but how people can connect with me, of course, on social media, man. Adrian Davis now, uh, stay up to date with everything. It's Adrian Davis now on all platforms. If you see anything with any other variations, there's no two eyes back to back. All these fake pages popping up and all this other type of stuff. It's just Adrian Davis now. Um, IG, um, YouTube. I got a lot of exclusive YouTube that uh, YouTube content that's getting ready to drop in the okay. next month. And so we got some vlog stuff that we're doing, uh, some doing life with me stuff that we're doing. So, man, I'm excited about that. Um, but, man, coming out um, this month, I got, like I said, I mean, this quarter, should I say, uh, there is a movie that I'm in. Uh, it's called Still Here, uh, where I play an attorney. That That's dropping. Then also, we got, come on. We got a, <laughs> we got, we got something that's in the works, man. Um, I've been working on this passion project for for a while about my documentary with uh, systemic racism in the field of education for Black boys. Let's go. Um, and and so a lot of people are like, man, why is it taking so long? But people don't understand film. They don't understand TV. They don't understand. Like, man, like stuff can sit in the can for years, yeah. like, you know, for years, man, because, you know, it's a money thing and, and, and it's a money thing. And it's also like um, a production aspect, you know, like so I've had a few major platforms want to buy um, Brilliant Boy from me. Um, but they want to buy it, but then they want to produce it their way. And I just refuse to have our black boys um, being painted in a hostile, uh, uncontrolling, rude, you know, consistently angry um, uh, light. I just refuse to do it. And I know, um, so if it's gonna require me to do it on my own, I'm doing it on my own. And so I've been funding it uh, myself. And uh, and so we're still working on that project. How much have you have invested in it? Uh, right now, $42,000. Yeah. Yeah, this this thus far and like and that's still on the, the that's the, still on the cheap side oh that's still on the cheap side trust me believe that's me. still on the cheap side bro <laughs> I, I know i'm working so, on documenting yeah. myself i'm out 100k yeah, man, i'm telling you yes sir you, you, you see what i'm saying like and, and and people people don't understand that people think people think it goes from idea to creation it's like no like it takes so much um for even people to be interested to even try to bite the bait of what you and then you want to make sure it's the right bite you know what i'm saying like 
you know, there's a streaming platform that we all watched that was like, hey, we want that, but we want to be able to, we, we want you to sign over the rights to it, and we want to be able to produce it the way we want to. And I said, well, let me see the first treatment. You guys create a treatment. Let me see it. And they sent it over, and it was all about the black, angry little boy that doesn't have a father, that lives in the projects. I'm, uh-uh, I ain't, no, no, fam. Because yeah, we gotta we we walk through adversity and we deal with adversity and things of that nature, and, and our reality is our reality. But a lot of times we don't have to continue to publicize and and put that out in the world for the world to continue to dissect, you know, why black men are turning out the way they turning out type of situation. I just refuse to do it, man. So, um, so I got that, you know, I I got a few things that are that are gearing up towards that um got a um uh, another movie that we're praying kind of you know it comes through that i'm that i'm working on uh i can't say that aspect because of legal issue you know Listen, legal things if, but if, if j-lo yeah. is in the movie just yo just get a signature <laughs> for me just get it she it, listen i'm saved and 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 i'm she, mar- happily she married listen she, I, listen, I, I'm very respectful of my wife. Listen, very respectful. I've been married for yes, 10 sir. years. And I just looked at yes, J-Lo sir. and I'd be like, I'm like, babe, hey, you know, that's the, you just got to put it out there. Just, hey, ain't she beautiful? My wife be like, yeah, bro, she beautiful. Like, listen, you, she, she just gorgeous. Listen, yeah, she just yeah. she just. But I, got you. I got, she, got you, bro. Listen, I remember you, my bro, name. Just, if, just, if, ever, if ever those paths cross, I just got you. Listen. Maybe I need to prophesy you there. Lift up your yes. hand. Lift yeah, up your on. hand. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> listen, listen. You was giving middies in the beginning. Now you're lifting up your hands in worship. Listen. <laughs> exactly. Listen, exactly. let's go. Only on my show. But listen, man, I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so grateful that you have made time to be here. Listen, y'all. This is your boy. This is uh, Adrian Davis now. Yo, I'm excited for what God is going to do in your life. Listen, and as you continue to journey to wholeness, as you continue to figure out what this is going to look like, yo, listen, we'll always be glad to have you at Transformation Church, right? Right here in Chicago. Listen, I'm so excited. Uh, I'm so excited, man. But anyway, y'all, I want y'all to connect with me. Um, hey, listen, this is the first show, so I'm still working some stuff out. Can y'all hear that? Or is that just okay. me? Yeah. Y- y'all hear no, that? I can hear it. Perfect. Oh, we in here. Listen. I'm so excited, y'all. Thank you for so much for tuning into the I Am Man podcast. This is your boy, Robert Marshall. Listen, follow me on Instagram, all social media platforms at Robert H. Marshall Jr. Robert H. Marshall Jr. Listen, don't stop. Let's go. Live on purpose, in purpose. Peace out.